All right, all right. Welcome to the Bald Eagle Podcast. I'm Sean Cressman. I'm the Bald Eagle. Let me get rid of this uh, banner here. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so this is the Bald Eagle Podcast, 100% Philadelphia Eagles. Today is Wednesday, August 25th. Um, now, my podcast is 100% Philadelphia Eagles. We might talk a little bit about other teams, only if they uh, affect us, or if they're in the NFC East, we might we might dab a little bit, but primarily 100% Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, now, I do have some rules, uh, and these are very important to me. Hopefully, you enjoy them as well. Rule number one, most important rule, no politics. We don't talk about any politics whatsoever, um, unless it would impact the game. I guess technically, you could say that that we've sort of talked about politics in reference to COVID, but that's about as close as we've ever gotten. Um, and I don't think it'll happen uh, more often, or I pray that it doesn't happen often, because uh, no matter what side you're on, uh, nobody wants to listen to politics. We all want to watch. We all want to watch football or talk football, right? Um, number two, I don't talk about the players' personal information. I don't care what they do in their personal lives, unless, of course, it would affect the game. Um, if for some reason we had a, uh, an, you know, a, a something that would uh, impact the game, then. Um, we would talk about it, but but uh, generally speaking, that what they do in their personal lives doesn't really matter. And of course, I'm not censored, so I say whatever I want. All right, let's get straight to it. Beer with the birds. Uh, today, I uh, so I go around and I drink um, beer uh, every episode. I drink a different beer from, um, and I've been taking turns, not taking turns, but going through beers from from local Philadelphia breweries. So today, let me pull up my uh, what I'm drinking today. I am drinking a Victory Prima Pills. So uh, Victory is a uh, a uh, beer distributor or beer they create they make beer beer brewery um, in Downingtown, which is a suburb of Philadelphia. So that's one of the ones I've started with. So today I'm doing their Prima Pills. If you happen to get grab one while you were out and you're drinking with me, let's go. Uh, my first time drinking this. So just to give you an idea of what Prima Pills is, it's a German style Pilsner uh, alcohol beverage, five point three percent. The hops are Tetnang, Hallertau, Spalt, and Saz, which I have no idea what that means. Um, it has a crisp yet distinct Pilsner brewed with German hops that bring vivid notes of floral and spice with citrus and lemon. It's truly brilliant, bringing nuanced complexity together with smooth, easy drinking. All right. So that's the one I'm drinking now. And uh, generally when I do it, I say go birds. It's just kind of my thing. So beer with the birds. Go birds. Very good. All right. Now, if you guys like to drink with me, which I enjoy. Uh, the company. Um, next week, I'm going to be drinking a Victory Hop Devil. I'm sorry, Instagram, I don't have a picture of Hop Devil, but uh, for anybody else that's out there, you can see what it looks like. If you live in the Philadelphia area, um, you can probably grab this at one of your grocery stores that all sell liquor now, or beer anyway, um, or you can go to a distributor, get a bunch of it, but that's what I'm going to be drinking next week is the Victory Hop Devil. All right. Let's get to the countdown. Things are getting close, right? Um, so today we're going to count down to our third and final preseason game. Uh, that's this Friday, the 27th, 7.30 p.m. And we're playing against the New York Jets in uh, the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium. Now, just so you know, one of the things that is great about the Bald Eagle Podcast and that I enjoy doing is that the Bald Eagle Podcast has the most in-depth play-by-play analysis. And you'll find out later in this episode, we're going to re recap the preseason game against the Patriots, and we'll talk about a bunch of plays. Um, I gloss over or I skip over the ones that really nothing meaningful happened, but we but we go into detail about the ones where meaningful things did happen. And if you if you decide you want to, if you listen or if you watch this show, 
you will be by far one of the most educated Eagles fans um, because most, I don't think anybody else does this. Most, most uh, a journalist, not that I'm a journalist, but most um, people that have podcasts, they kind of gloss over it and just talk about highlights. I go over every play. Um, now, as a side note, generally speaking, I have access to NFL game pass, which I recommend everybody gets um, NFL game pass usually has coaches film. And that includes an all 22. So I can see every player on the field which is important for coverage to see how well our defense is covering the receivers or what coverages they're in and also good for our receivers. So I can see if they're getting open downfield and if uh, our quarterback hurts or whoever it is, is missing receivers. So unfortunately NFL game pass does not have uh, the all 22 uh, for preseason. And in addition, they don't have the tackle box view, which again helps me tell you um, how well the offensive line is blocking. If they're picking up their, uh, their, uh, you know, their blocking schemes or what they're doing a little more difficult with just the broadcast view. I was able to get put together a decent summary, but again, not as details as, as I would like it. And as it will be once uh, NFL game pass returns. So, okay. So I mentioned that our, uh, final preseason third and final preseason game is this Friday, the 27th, 7 30 PM at the jets. Um, next Tuesday, the August 31st, um, that will be the end of the preseason. And that means teams are required to cut from 80 players to 53. So currently, all the teams are allowed to have 80 players on their team. Um, that will be cut down to 53 August 31st at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, which is now that's normal. Generally speaking, we would have four preseason games and everybody would have to cut down after the fourth one. Um, now that we have three, people are required to cut down after the three. And it was tiered. Um, it was down to 85 week one, 80 this past week. And we'll talk about that. Uh, but then down straight down to 53 that, that week after that. Um, nice thing is, is that with the three game preseason, we have a two game waiting or a two a two game uh, a two week uh, um, off two weeks off between preseason and regular season. So that gives all the teams uh, more time to heal, time to make adjustments, time to to pull out some free agents, get them in for for some some uh, for a look at during practice. Um, so real exciting. Should be a good uh, good regular season. Now regular season starts Thursday September 9th. That's NFL kickoff. It's a Thursday night game. Dallas Cowgirls are playing at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's on NBC. Now I'm going to run through our schedule quick. Again, I do that for my own memory. I also do it for you guys. Anybody that listens to the Bald Eagle podcast, not only from the play-by-play, -play, but, but the things that I repeat, hopefully has our schedule ingrained, our draft picks uh, ingrained in your brain. So it's something you can sound uh, and be educated about, right? So week one, Sunday, September 12th, 1 p.m., we play the Falcons in Atlanta. Week two, Sunday, September 19th, 1 p.m. at home against the 49ers. Week three is our first uh, of two primetime games. 8-15, we play Monday Night Football at the Cowgirls. Week four, Sunday, October 3rd, 1 p.m. against the Chiefs at home. Week five, Sunday, October 10th at the Carolina Panthers. Week six, Thursday, October 14th, 8-20 p.m. It's a Thursday Night Football game at, the, at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week 7, Sunday, October 24th, 4.05 p.m. at the Rams. Week 8, Sunday, October 31st, 1 p.m. at Detroit. Week 9, Sunday, November 7th, 4.05 p.m. against the Chargers at home. Week 10, Sunday, November 14th, 4.25 p.m. at Denver. Uh, week 11, Sunday, November 21st, 1 p.m. against the Saints at home. Week 12, Sunday, November 28th at the Giants. Week 13, Sunday, December 5th, 1 p.m. at the Jets. Week 14, we have a bye, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Week 15, a to-be-determined game against the Washington football team at home. Um, it does not have a date or a time, so it'll either be that Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure why Saturday is included, but I guess that's a possibility. Week 16, Sunday, December 26, 1 p.m. against the Giants. Week 17, Sunday, January 2nd, 1 p.m. at Washington. 
And then week 18, we finish up the season Sunday, January 9th, 1 p.m. against the Cowboys at home. Um, now that is a, in my opinion, great schedule. I mentioned it a million times. I mentioned the fact that we have a late, uh, a late buy week 14 is really late. Um, and I didn't know how late it was until I actually, I got around to checking it today and week 14 is the latest buy in the NFL. And there's only a handful of other teams, three other teams that have a week 14 buy the Colts, Dolphins, and Patriots all have a, a week 14 buy. Um, buys go now, generally speaking, again, we've moved to a 17 game regular season versus a 16 game regular season in the past buys were between week four and 12 this year. They're between six and 14. So even though it's an additional game buys are pushed back an, an extra two weeks. Um, Dallas has a week seven buy. Washington has a week nine buy, and the giants have a week 10 buy. Um, so we are the latest in the NFL. We are by far the latest in our division, which I think is an advantage. The later the buy, in my opinion, um, the later in the season, you get a nice two week break, you get some time to heal, and then you get a nice run uh, of eight game, or I'm sorry, four games in a row, all of which are against NFC East rivals. So it puts us in a really good position um, to take away the, the division. So, uh, real excited about that schedule. Um, we also have a pretty easy schedule. Technically it's the easiest based on opponents, uh, winning record last year. Uh, we, our, our strength of schedule or our opponents winning record last year was 0.43. Um, unfortunately the cowgirls have the second easiest at 0.452 giants are number 25, 32 being the easiest. Um, 0.474 and Washington's tied for 15th. They actually have a, a, an opponent winning percentage that is above 500 at 504. Uh, then we have the wild card weekend, Saturday, Sunday, January 15th and 16th divisional playoffs, Saturday, Sunday, January 22nd, 23rd championship game, Sunday, January 30th and Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 <laughs> to 2022. That's what I saw. Uh, February 13th at SoFi stadium in Inglewood. Um, and hopefully we're going to watch the Eagles, uh, win that one, right? Go birds. Okay. Let's do a quick draft recap. I know you, you guys have heard about it, but let's do a refresher. Just to remind you, we have 10 picks in the 2022 NFL draft. That's important. Uh, it's nice. We already have two first round picks. One of those we got from Miami for the trade. Uh, we have two second rounders. One of those is from the Colts for Wentz that can become a first. We have a third, a fourth, two fifth rounders, a sixth and a seventh, right? We went into this most recent draft 2021 with 11, made some moves, left with nine. First overall pick, 10th uh, overall, we picked Devonta Smith. Round two, 37th overall, Landon Dickerson, a center from Alabama. Round three, 73rd overall, Milton Williams, defensive tackle, Louisiana Tech. Round four, 123 overall, Zach McPherson, corner from Texas Tech. Round five, number 150, Kenneth Gainwell, running back from Memphis. Round six, 189, Marlon Tupilatu, defensive tackle from USC. Uh, round six, 191, Teron Jackson, defensive end, Coastal Carolina. Round six, 224, Jacoby Stevens, linebacker safety, LSU. Round seven, number 234, Patrick Johnson, outside linebacker from Tulane. We also grabbed a bunch of undrafted free agents. I'd say four of them. Uh, have been waived. Uh, one most, one real recently, Jamon Osborne, the wide receiver. Uh, we did waive him to hit um, 80 uh, players this this recent week, uh, but we still have three left. We kept Jack Stoll, who had a decent game against the Patriots. Jaquan Bailey, who's been, uh, you know, has had some times uh, where he's done really well against Pittsburgh. You know, didn't it, our defensive line in general didn't do as well this this week as they did the previous week. Um, and then Coyote Awasika, uh, offensive tackle from Buffalo. All right, let's get to the the meat of everything, the the play by play. Okay, 
So uh, we won the toss. We received. They kicked off. We open up the game first and 10 on our 19. Run Miles Sanders to the right for 10 yards. Um, now, remember, something important to remember, the score uh, admittedly was very poor. Uh, I'll run over some other numbers like time of possession. We didn't do very well. But remember that we did not start a majority of our offensive and defensive linemen, starting offensive linemen. They didn't start. So um, there's a, you're going to hear uh, Herbig and Driscoll and Pryor were in there almost the whole game. Herbig was in there every snap. Um, so you'll hear their names. But that's part of the reason why we had such a poor outing. Um, so on this play, the first play of the yard of, of the game with Miles Sanders running 10 yards, um, both Her, Herbig, Driscoll, and Pryor do an excellent job blocking their men to the second level, which is important because remember that was against New England's first string defense. Uh, so that brings up a first and 10 on our 29. Flat goes in the shotgun, throws a right, uh, a pass to the short right to Gainwell for 12 yards. He had excellent protect protection, plenty of time, and he's able to dump the ball off to Gainwell, who, who gets some yards after the catch. That brings up first and 10 on our 41. Flacco's in the gun. Herbig's in at center. And you probably all remember this if you watch the game. Herbig is not a center. Um, and he snaps the ball over Flacco's head. Flacco turns around, runs to get it. He does pick it up, which could have been the smarter play um, had the defense not been so close to him. If he had picked it up and been able to turn around and throw the ball, um, intentional grounding uh, or a possible incomplete pass and and uh, and no loss would have been would have been wonderful. Unfortunately, he does pick it up and goes to throw it and immediately he's hit, he's hit and he fumbles. Um, so that was was the wrong decision in this specific play. That fumble was recovered by the Patriots um, and they re they recover it. Not just uh, they don't just get the ball, but they get the ball on our nine yard line. So um, real shitty way to start off the game. Um, hopefully not. Well, Herbig is not going to be at center, um, hopefully. Right. Or he's practiced and he, and he gets better at it. Uh, but not generally a, an issue that we're going to have in the regular season with Kelsey, one of the best uh, uh, centers in the league. So after that turnover, uh, the Patriots have the ball first and nine on our nine, first and goal on our nine. Uh, they run uh, uh, Harris up the middle for four yards. Second and five, second and goal on our five. They run up the middle for five yards and score a touchdown. Um, you know, I don't think anybody really did uh, poorly on that play. New England just did a good job of blocking. We weren't able to shed those blocks. So after that score, they kick the ball off. Uh, we get the ball on our 22, first and 10. Uh, they run, we run Miles Sanders up the middle for uh, to the 25 for three yards. Um, would have been a uh, would have been a longer drive, but Goddard is able to is, gets pushed down by their linebacker Van Noy, um, and they collapse the hole before Sanders can get through. Otherwise, there was a nice space for Sanders, so Goddard has to pick it up a little bit with blocking. That brings up a second and seven on our 25. We run Howard left uh, for six yards to the 31. Brings up a third and one on our 31. This time we ran Jordan Howard again. He is supposed to be our third down back. He's supposed to get those one inch or one yard plays, but he's unable to get it. Um, so he has no gain. So it brings up a fourth and one and we punt. Um, the punt takes New England back to their own 26. So they have a first and 10. Uh, Cam Newton throws a deep pass to Myers uh, for 18 yards. Now, Again, this is preseason. A lot of uh, coaches don't want to show uh, their hands or show their plays. One of the things we've done very little, if any of, is blitz. Go Birds. I don't recall a single play where we blitzed on defense against the Steelers in preseason. And while I didn't uh, keep an eye on every single play, I didn't remember to, to look at every play about about the how many people blitz or, or, or rushed um, against the Patriots. I can only think of three times when we brought more than four people. 
So one of the things that uh, that's going to be significantly different, and I, I'm praying is significantly different in the regular season, is that we're actually going to be able to get pressure on the opposing quarterbacks because we've done a horrible job in the preseason of doing that. And here's one of the examples. And we made Cam Newton look like an actual starting quarterback, right? So he threw a deep, a deep pass to the left side to Myers for 18 yards. And part of the reason that he was able to do that is because we brought four, didn't get any pressure. Newton had plenty of time to find an open receiver. And we're playing, we did not play Darius Slay. Uh, McPherson played in lieu of Darius Slay, uh, our rookie, Zach McPherson. I just, I just talked about him as one of the, one of the rookies. Um, and he didn't have the best game. Now, again, He's a rookie, right? So, and corner is a tough position to come out of college and play. However, um, he also had the, uh, or, or the quarterback, the opposing quarterbacks had the benefit of extra time. So in theory, McPherson uh, would have hopefully done a better job because he would have had, wouldn't have had to cover these uh, receivers for as long, you know, the longer that, uh, the longer that those corners have to cover, the, the more likely the receivers are going to get open. Uh, so that 18 yard play gives New England the ball on their own 44, first and 10. They run Harris on the left-hand side for one yard to their 45, second and nine. Uh, uh, Newton throws another pass deep down the middle to Bourne covered by McPherson. Again, we only bring four. We have no pressure. Cam Newton has plenty of space and time to find Bourne, who was able to find him, find a, a spot and looks like he has beaten McPherson. Remember, I don't have the all 22, so I'm going by broadcast. Um, it looked like McPherson was trailing him, but I have no idea what kind of coverage we were in or if he was even his man. So that pass for 30, uh, I'm sorry, 23 yards brings up a first and 10 on hour 32. Uh, Newton throws another pass this time to the right to Myers for 10 yards. Again, we bring four. We don't apply any pressure. Newton's standing back there with plenty of time. Myers is slightly open. This time it wasn't so wide open. Uh, there was a good pass that leaded him away from coverage. Again, he was covered by Zach McPherson. Um, I don't know if he intentionally picked on him or if he just happened to be open. Uh, but, uh, but that was another play against McPherson for, for 10 yards. So that gives them the ball first and 10 on our 22. Uh, we, they run the left end and they lose a yard. Um, so they run Harris on the left-hand side and lose a yard. Uh, Alex Singleton was in for a, I think, uh, I think about 10, 10 to 15 plays. And almost every time he was in, he made a play. And this was one of those times, uh, he's the one that tackled the back, uh, the, 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 uh, runner in the backfield for a one yard loss. So that one yard loss brings up a second and 11 on R23. Uh, Newton goes in the shotgun again, throws a pass this time, uh, a screen, um, he throws this onto the left-hand side and he gets five yards down to our 18 would have gotten significantly more yards. However, Alex Singleton does a great job going around the lead blockers and tackling him, uh, again, for only a five yard gain third, that brings up a third and six on our 18 Newton's in the shotgun. Again, this time he throws over the left-hand side to white. We bring four, no pressure. Um, Newton throws to white and almost immediately Singleton and Anthony Harris are covered, are in coverage, knock the ball loose. Uh, when they hit him for an incompletion. So excellent uh, coverage by uh, Singleton and Anthony Harris and good hit right after the catch. So that brings up a fourth and six on our 18. Uh, Norton tries a 36-yard field goal, and it is no good. Uh, one of a few misses that he had that uh, that game, which you would think would have given us a nice advantage, but uh, if you've heard the score, you know we didn't take advantage uh, of those uh, of those field, field advantages. No advantage of the advantage. <laughs> Go Birds. Okay, so after the missed field goal, we have the ball first and 10 on our own 26. Uh, Flacco throws an incomplete pass, but there's a penalty on, on Matt Pryor for offensive holding. Brings us back 10 yards, so now we're down to first and 20 on our 16. We run Jordan Howard to the right side for two yards. Brings up second and 18 on our 18. We have Flacco in the shotgun, throws a short pass to Jordan Howard for nine yards. 
Brings up a third and nine on our 27. Flacco's back in the gun. He drops back. They're bringing four. But something that you would be aware of had you listened to the Bald Eagle podcast last year is that we have our offensive line, and they had 14 different combinations over 16 games. I think it was the most since like 1980-something and, and definitely the most last year. Um, but anytime anybody's any defensive line has run a stunt, and a stunt doesn't mean they're bringing extra people. They can bring four and stunt. What that means is they, instead of just rushing head on to the guy in front of them or straight ahead, um, or reporting swim moves on the on the, the man right in front of them, they're switching somehow. So for example, a crisscross, right? So um, the right end and the the right um, guard or tackle switch and they they block and then they switch. Um, or you know, it can be any combination of that. Well, we do poorly, we do horribly when when teams run stunts. And that's exactly what happened on this play. Um, Flacco dropped back. Um, they brought four. Uh, so we should be able to pick it up. However, they run across uh, a cross stunt and uh, Driscoll misses Judon um, and Judon basically gets a shot, a clean shot at Flacco. Uh, now Flacco is able to move to move to avoid the sack. He's able to get the ball out, uh, but it's not the best pass. And it goes to Smith, who this is the first time he's uh, been targeted and he also drops the ball. So Devonta Smith for all the great things we're expecting from him had a slow start this game. Um, so that pressure, which caused Flacco to move and, and throw a poor pass, which meant, which caused it to be dropped, brings up a fourth and nine. So we punt Sipos, by the way, had a great day punting and he's actually had a great preseason punting. So after the punt, new England gets the ball first and 10 on their own 34. They run Harris on the right for five yards. Um, TJ Edwards, who had an okay game, was in great position to make the tackle in the backfield, but misses the tackle. So disappointing when I think, I think by far the most disappointing missed tackles are by linebackers. I think that's their primary job is to stop the run. So when TJ Edwards was in position to, to make a, a tackle in the backfield and doesn't real disappointing because it could have made a big difference. Right. And only turned out to be a five yard gain, but five yards is five yards. So it brings up a second and five new England has the ball on their own 39. Newton throws another pass this time short to the right for uh, white for eight yards. Um, Toth is able to bull rush his man and put some pressure on Newton, but Newton's able to move and get away from it. Uh, and he dumps the ball off to white for an eight yard, uh, eight yard game that brings up first and 10 new England on their own 47. Uh, Newton throws another pass this time over the middle to Michelle. Um, we only rush four. Uh, we, again, we, I think we, we blitzed more than four people, perhaps three times. Um, the defensive end Jaquan Bailey, who we've mentioned is an undrafted free agent is able to get around his left tackle win, put some pressure on Newton, forcing him to step up, throws a quick pass, uh, to Michelle, who's hit immediately by Wilson. So somewhat, uh, you know, didn't help enough, didn't stop them from getting a first down, but, but a hint of pressure by uh, Jaquan Bailey and undrafted free agents against what I believe, uh, was, uh, was the Patriots first string offense. So Jaquan Bailey is a name that you've heard um, uh, last week. You heard about him. He made some decent plays against the Steelers, and now you're hearing about him early on in the game. So most likely Jaquan Bailey is going to be an undrafted free agent that makes the team this year. Um, so that pass was seven yards, brings up a second and three on uh, hour 46. Cam Newton throws a screen this time to Sony Michelle, gets four yards, which is enough, unfortunately, for a first down. Uh, so that brings up first and 10 on, our on 42. Uh, Sony Michelle runs left um, for five yards. Brings up a second and five on our 37. Michelle's up the middle for nine yards. Brings up a first and 10 on our 28. Uh, this time they run Harris to the left for no gain. Uh, Jannard Avery does a great job blocking their right guard Mason into the hole, causing Harris to try and string it out where Kayvon Wallace is doing a good job filling. Um, so great play by Jannard Avery uh, to fill the hole and, and make the back go a different way. Um, unfortunately, on the next play, second and 10, 
uh, from our 28. Newton's under center. He drops back. Again, we bring four. No pressure. Uh, I think this is the play where Cam Newton has enough time to bounce around and stare down the field. Uh, he's able to eventually find Myers, who's wide open over the middle. Again, it looks like he's in Wallace's zone. It looks like there's we were in zone, and perhaps he was uh, the, the closest guy was Kayvon Wallace. Um, he runs free down to the five, where McFis McPherson completely misses a tackle, embarrassingly. Um, and then Myers continues after that missed tackle. TJ Edwards is on his back, but doesn't slow him down enough to go all the 28 yards to uh, to score a touchdown. So on that play that uh, that uh, Norden th uh, kicks an extra points, no good. So that brings the score to 13 to nothing. It was an eight-play, 66-yard drive that took up four minutes and 43 seconds. Now, one of the nice things uh, that we saw, and I don't know how it's going to pan out because he hasn't, he didn't have the greatest camp, but it sounds like he might be turning things around. Maybe too late. I don't know. John Hightower played. Uh, he had issues with, I believe, his groin, groin or hamstring. It seems like almost every one of our players has had one of those. Um, so Hightower played this game and, and uh, did return this uh, kick. 18 yards, not significant, but at least he's in there playing. So after the return, we get first and 10 on our 19. Flacco's in the shotgun, uh, has good protection. Throws a decent pass uh, to Rodgers for 10 yards, and it's a good patch by Rodgers. Unfortunately, or I'm sorry, uh, in addition, uh, New England's Anderson uh, lowers his head to initiate contact. So there's a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So we get another 15 tacked on to that. Uh, now that play ends the first quarter. So let's move into the second quarter. Um, so after that play and the 15-yard penalty, it's first and 10 on hour 44. Flacco's in the gun. He drops back. Defensive end Barmore gets past Opeta with a swim move. Not the first time, uh, or not the se the the last time Opeta is gonna gonna screw up. Um, and he's able to get straight to Flacco's face as he's throwing the ball. I don't know if the ball was short because Flacco had uh, somebody in his face. He what he didn't follow through, or if it was an intentionally a back shoulder pass, which could have been. Either way, Devonta Smith is unable to make the adjustment. Um, almost like he caught it too late um, and wasn't able to twist quickly enough. But that was the second time Devonta Smith was targeted and, and eventually dropped the ball. So that incomplete pass brings up second and 10 on our 44 Flacco in the shotgun again, throws middle over, over the middle to Kroom. Uh, unfortunately it was incomplete, but that play uh, Kroom was injured. And I think we waived him with the injury designation, but I think it's a, I think it was a somewhat serious injury. So that brings up third and 10 on our 44 Flacco in the shotgun again, uh, has good protection, uh, pass, uh, throws the pass to Smith, which is behind him and he can't catch it. So it's incomplete. Uh, we do get a, uh, a nice little, um, a uh, gift from uh, Winowich, who is who has a uh, gets a roughing 15 yard roughing the passer penalty. I think this one was actually pretty clearly a penalty. He hit him very late, um, but uh, we got another 15 yards tacked on, so it extends the drive uh, and gives us 15 yards. Go birds! I'm really enjoying this prime of pills. Hopefully, you guys are too. So after the um, after the incomplete pass and the penalty, we get a first and ten on New England's 41. Flacco throws a short pass to the right for uh, Devonta Smith. He has good protection, makes a quick, accurate throw. This is the one thing that I've heard a lot about Devonta Smith is that he's a very good route runner. And this is one of the plays that I could actually see him run the route in the broadcast. And he does a great in and out. Um, I believe this is an in and out. I, I don't know for sure. I, th I think this is an in and out, but he does an, an excellent job running with running the route, gets some separation from the from the corner, uh, and after he catches it, makes a move to uh, get a few extra yards. So good play by Devonta. Nothing groundbreaking, but good play by Devonta Smith for his first reception in the NFL. So that nine yard completion brings up second and one on New England's 20, 32. Run Boston Scott to the left for six yards. First and ten on New England's twenty six. Flacco in the shotgun. 
Throws another short pass over the middle to Jack Stoll. Yeah, good protection, quick, accurate throw, and Jack Stoll makes a good catch, runs for eight yards. That brings up a second and two on New England's 18. We run Boston Scott up the middle. This time he gets two yards, uh, just enough for a first down. So that brings us first and 10 on New England's 16. Flacco's in the gun. He drops back. Good protection. Rolls to his right. Uh, throws a good pass to Rodgers, who has to slide on his, on his uh, feet to catch it. Hits him in his hands, right? Hits the receiver while he's sitting on the ground in his hands. But Rodgers is unable to catch the ball and, and hold on to it. Uh, should have been a completion. Um, I believe it was enough for a first down, uh, but it falls incomplete, unfortunately. So that brings up second and 10 on New England, 16. We run Boston Scott again for two yards. So that brings up third and eight on New England's 14. Flacco throws a uh, short pass to the right to Rager. Good protection, quick, accurate pass. Rager gets hit almost immediately after catching it from the front and the back. So he gets sandwiched and he holds on. Um, only a five yard pass, I guess would be the downside. Um, but good news, Rager caught the ball, caught a contested, difficult catch and held on. So that's, that's positive. He had, had been struggling early on. So hopefully Rager is hitting his stride too. How amazing would it be for us to go into the regular season, um, in, in what, two and a half weeks, not even, uh, yeah, about two, about two weeks or so with a healthy, uh, fresh Devonta Smith with Watkins, who's been peaking, with Rager, who's been really clearing up, and maybe even Hightower, you know, coming in and making a name. Now, I haven't heard a lot of stuff about Greg Ward, which is really disappointing because based on last year's performance, I thought he was a guaranteed starter. Open all the time last year, but I haven't heard a lot about him. So, you know, I'm not really sure where he fits. I don't know if he's being replaced by Rager, um, which, you know, might be the case and would be very disappointing, but, uh, but we'll see. Uh, in any case, good catch by Rager, just not enough for the first down. So because, uh, you know, uh, you're probably aware, um, our Elliot, our kicker, Elliot go birds, one of the better kickers in the NFL has a non-serious ankle injury. So because of that non-serious ankle injury, we went for it on fourth, uh, fourth down every time we didn't attempt a field goal or, or, or have the opportunity for an extra point. So on fourth and three on new England's nine, we go for it. Uh, Flacco's in the gun. They bring five. So they blitz. We actually do a great job picking it up. Flacco throws a, a floater to the corner. So you maybe remember this one. Flo floater to the right corner of the end zone. Quez Watkins has a step on his guy. Um, unfortunately, uh, the throw is on the inside. Now, maybe that's the way it was supposed to be. But the throw was on the inside of Watkins, um, which gave their corner, Duggar, the opportunity to get close enough to leap in the air and knock it down. Now, had uh, the throw been um, to the outside, would have made it more difficult for Watkins because he would have had to turn around and track the ball. However, it would have been nearly impossible for anybody to knock it down. So had Flacco thrown a little bit to the outside, Watkins would have had a nice touchdown. The positive out of this play is that Watkins was open. Watkins had an opportunity for the for the touchdown, had the ball been placed in a better spot. So we can only hope that um, that Hertz is able to, to make that adjustment and throw the ball better. So we don't complete that fourth and three on New England's nine. So we give the ball up on down. So New England gets the ball first and 10 on their own nine. Uh, they run Michelle for four yards, but there's a penalty offensive holding. Um, so that brings it to, uh, and that was a, that was an offensive holding down the field. So it, it was um, enforced at the, at the uh, nine. Uh, so that brings up uh, first and 14 at the, at their own five. They run Michelle to the right for one yard. Um, Edwards did a good job. TJ Edwards did a good job forcing Michelle to bounce out. And then Singleton and Jaquet were there to finish things up. So another good play by TJ Edwards, um, which I think he had a handful. He did have one, one bad play and everybody did. Singleton had a, a missed tackle, 
Um, but overall, TJ Edwards had a pretty good game. So that one-yard play uh, brought uh, the Patriots second and 13 on their own six. Uh, in the shotgun, now Matt Jones or Mac Jones is in. Throws a pass over the middle to Bourne. We bring four. We don't put any pressure. Bourne is open. But again, TJ Edwards make a, makes a great play, leaping to knock the ball down in the air. So that ball falls incomplete. Uh, so that brings up third and 13, New England on their own six. Uh, this time, Jones drops back, throws a ball deep left to Harry. Um, we bring four. Again, we don't, bring, we don't have any pressure on Jones. He has plenty of time to find Harry, who was wide open. And it's a 19-yard pass play. Uh, so that 19 yard pass play brings up a first and 10 for new England on their own 25, uh, throw another pass short left to Michelle for 13 yards. But fortunately there is a offensive holding penalty. Um, so that brings them back to first and 20 on their own 15. This time, Mac Jones throws a pass over the middle to Sony Michelle for seven yards. It's a screen very well set up. They have excellent blocking, but Singleton makes an excellent play to prevent the ball from going from the play from going too far. Um, and the, the screen only gets seven yards again, thanks to, um, to Singleton. He, he goes around one of the blockers. Had he not done that, there was a, a significantly, uh, there, there was, I think five New England Patriots lead blocking for Sony Michelle, who, who most likely would have gotten a, a sizable gain. So good job by An Alex Singleton to, to stop that for, for only seven yards. So that brings up a second and 13. New England has the ball on their own 22. Uh, Jones in the shotgun again, throws a short pass to Sony Michelle. This time we bring four, no pressure. Michelle is oh, wide open in the flat. And this is where Singleton misses that tackle. Had he made the tackle, um, he was at the 29-yard line, so that means he would have gained six yards. Um, however, he misses it. Michelle runs for an additional 12 yards. Uh, that gives New England a first and 10 on their own 41. Uh, this time they run Stevenson up the middle. He gets two yards. Uh, second and eight, New England has the ball on their own 43. Uh, Jones this time in the shotgun, throws a pass uh, to Greg, I'm sorry, G. Alzuski uh, for eight yards. Uh, we bring four are, are, are unable to apply any pressure to, to Mac Jones. So he has plenty of time. So that eight yard pass brings up first and 10. They're on our 49. They run Stevenson to the left for nine yards. Uh, again, Bradley. Now, now Bradley had a couple of missed tackles and one where I, I was able to actually see the, the tackle tackle box. They, re, they did a replay on the broadcast. Uh, does a shitty job of trying, but, but um, Bradley good play initially. Um, he's in position to, to, uh, um, to catch Bradley, to catch Stevenson in the, uh, in the backfield, but, uh, Bradley's not able to stop him. Um, he pushes him back and spins for an additional seven yards. So, uh, that first and 10 on our 49, instead of gaining two gains, uh, nine, uh, because of a missed tackle by TJ Edwards. Uh, so that brings up second and one on our 40. They run Michelle to the left for one yard, brings up a first and 10 on our 39. This time, uh, Jones is in the shotgun. We bring four unable to get any pressure. Jones has all day, eventually runs to his left and slides down. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Zach McPherson was holding. So we add another five yards and an automatic first down. So they get a first and 10 on our 31. They run Stevenson up the middle for seven yards, second and three on our 24. Stevenson again up the middle for five yards. That brings up a first and 10 on our 19. Mac Jones is in the gun. Um, he uh, draws ba drops back. It's a screen to Stevenson, who's hit immediately after he catches the ball by TJ Edwards. And this was the one where it initially on the field, it was ruled as a catch fumble. New England challenged the play. Uh, they then determined that the, he did not have a catch. It was not officially a catch. So it was just an incomplete pass, which is unfortunate because I'd much rather a, a, a catch fumble. But good play by uh, TJ Edwards on that one. Uh, TJ Edwards, again, had a decent game. Um, so that incomplete pass brought up second and 10 on our 19. They run Michelle up the middle for 11 yards. Um, neither one of our linebackers are able to shed or avoid being blocked. 
uh, which means that Michelle's able to make it to the second level. Had they able, were able to shed their blocks and converge on Michelle, maybe he gets two or three yards. Instead, he gets 11. Uh, that brings up a first and goal on our eight. They run Michelle on the left for six yards. Second and goal on our two. Michelle up the middle for one yard. Third and goal on our one. Stevenson to the left for one yard. So um, they decide to go for a two-point conversion. Um, they throw a pass. So Mac Jones uh, steps back, throws a pass to Kay Bourne. Um, good coverage. Uh, the play by McPherson, who knocks the ball away, was a uh, was excellent during a contested catch. Um, so the attempt fails. Uh, so after that failed attempt, the score is 19 to nothing in favor of the New England Patriots. That was a 17-play, 91-yard drive. Uh, they kick off. We get the ball first and 10 on our 25. Flacco's in the shotgun, throws a short pass over the middle to Roger. He has good protection, throws a quick, accurate throw. That's a six-yard play. That brings up the two-minute warning. Second and four on our 31. Flacco in the shotgun again. This time he throws over to the right to Rager. Uh, good protection. Looks like Flacco expected uh, Rager to go outside. Rager goes inside. The ball falls incomplete. Uh, so that brings up third and four on our 31. Flacco this time throws from the shotgun, throws to Devontae Smith uh, on the right hand. I'm sorry, on the right hand side for 10 yards. Uh, we did a good job of, of providing him with protection. There was no pressure on Flacco. Smith, this is when Smith runs that in and out. Excellent route. If you watch it, he runs towards the inside of the field, stops, turns around and runs out and does it. Good plant and cut, uh, creates some really good separation. Flacco throws a really good, quick, accurate pass. And Devonta Smith's able to run for an extra few yards. So uh, that brings up a first and 10 on our 41. Good second good second reception by Devonta Smith. Uh, first and 10 on our 41. Flacco's in the shotgun again. Throws a short pass to the right to Gainwell for seven yards. Second and three on our 48. Flacco's in the gun again. He drops back. Protection's really good. But, you know, this could be... You could argue that this was either Flacco or the... Um, uh, I don't know who was in if, who was in it at, uh, at right tackle. But essentially... Uh, Generally speaking, uh, both left and right tackles push their outside men back and outside. And if they're able to get around them completely, the quarterback then steps up in the pocket, uh, gives himself some extra time. Um, whether it was Winowich is, you know, slightly doesn't go slightly as deep as Flacco expected, isn't pushed slightly as deep, or if Flacco waits uh, too long to step up. Either way, Winowich is around to get around, uh, able to get around his man just barely enough. Uh, to trip up um, to trip up Flacco. So uh, that ends up being a sack that loses seven yards. Uh, so we call a timeout with a minute 25 left in the half. Third and 10, we have the ball in our own 41. Uh, Flacco out of the gun again, throws a, a pass to the left to Jack Stull. Uh, Stull makes an excellent one-handed catch, but on third and 10, it's only for seven yards. So it brings up fourth and three on our 48. Flacco's in the gun, he drops back. You know, this is one of the things that you probably heard me talk about uh, last year about uh, uh, Carson Wentz, go birds. And not just about Carson Wentz, but the difference between him and surprisingly hurts was that Carson Wentz oftentimes stared down receivers. One of the worst things you can do, because you're basically telling the corner where you're going and then you eventually go there that gives them a, a good jump on the ball. And then in, in uh, when Jalen Hurts came in, he actually a couple of times looked off the receiver. So he, he did a good job of doing that. Well, Flacco stares down Rager, uh, hikes the ball um, in shotgun, gets the ball, stares to the left-hand side towards Rager the whole time. Um, Rager isn't open. Um, I'm assuming Flacco is anticipating him either to create some separation or stop and, and there be a, a, you know, a back shoulder throw. But either way, the, the, the pass is, is, is poor. Uh, Rager's being covered by Bethel, who has inside position and is standing in front of 
Rager. So much easier for Bethel to have position on the ball and it's knocked down. Um, now, the ball, this is one of two uh, tip drills, right? And that's something that happens in the end. You always play these tip drills. But because he has good position, Bethel's able to knock the ball down, but it goes up in the air. Uh, when it goes up in the air, Lange makes a good diving catch for the first interception of the game. Uh, poor decision, poor throw by Flacco. I'm not sure what he was thinking. You know, if, you, if, if you're if you're if you're going to tr try and throw a ball up and your man has back or, or the, the defender has inside protection, maybe you throw it high, right? But the throw the way he did was just was just a bad decision, bad throw. And unfortunately, it resulted in interception. So uh, the Patriots get the ball back with 38 seconds left in the half. First and 10 on their own 45. Jones is in the gun. He drops back. We bring four again. We're not able to get any pressure with just four. Jones has plenty of time uh, to, to wait for somebody to get open. Harry does. He's got a few steps on McPherson. Um, the ball is slightly overthrown. Um, too far for Harry diving, but heaven forbid that far, that ball was thrown slightly less, uh, slightly shorter. It would have been caught for a touchdown. So poor coverage by McPherson on that play. Uh, they call a timeout. So second and 10 on new England's 45 with 31 seconds. Uh, Jones in the shotgun throws a pass to the left for eight yards, brings up a third and two on, on our 47, 13 seconds left. They spike the ball to stop it. Um, they get a delay a game and then they punt. We get the ball first and 10 on our nine and we kneel. And that ends the first half. Uh, the score at the end of the half was 19 to nothing. All right. So the third quarter, uh, New England gets the ball. Uh, we kick off. They get first and 10 on their own 25. Matt Jones throws a short pass to the left for six yards to Wilkerson. Brings up second and four on their own 31. Jones throws another pass, this time deep over the middle to Alwazuski uh, for 17 yards. And these, last, these next few plays I'm running over, nobody did anything poorly. We weren't able to provide any pressure, and their men were able to get open. I don't know what coverage we were in. Uh, because I couldn't see that, uh, but they just kept getting open. It could have been zone. We're not a very good zone team. Uh, could have been poor coverage. I'm not sure, uh, but Jones does a good job of running up the field. So after that 17-yard completion to Alzuski, brings up first and 10, New England has the ball on their own 48. Jones this time throws a pass to the left to Taylor for seven yards, brings up second and three on, their, on our 45. Uh, they run Taylor to the right for 12 yards, brings up first and 10 on our 33. Jones throws a short pass to the right to Taylor for three yards, Brings up second and seven on our 30. This time, Jones throws a pass to the right. Uh, our defensive tackle, Ty McGill, is able to push his man to the side, get some pressure on Jones. Unfortunately, he's still able to get rid of it, and unfortunately, that pass goes for 21 yards. That brings up uh, first and goal on our nine. Uh, they run Taylor to the right for seven yards. Uh, in, this, in this situation, we have another... Oh, this is the one. Okay, so Taylor, uh, if you recall, and I don't know if they played it again because it was embarrassing for Jaquette, um, but uh, their Taylor cuts to the left, the inside. Um, Jaquette commits to tackling him that way. Taylor plants his foot and spins, leaving Jaquette essentially on his knees like, what, what the fuck? Almost like, he, almost like the guy disappeared. Um, unfortunately, it was an excellent move by Taylor. Made Jaquette look like he didn't know how to play football. Um, and, uh, that was, that allowed him to get seven, seven yards on first and nine. Um, I'm sorry, first and goal from the nine. So now it's second and goal from our two. They run Taylor up the middle for one yard, third and one from our one Taylor up the, on the right-hand side for one yard, uh, and they score another touchdown. Uh, this time they kick the extra point and it's no good. So that brings the score to 25 to nothing. That was a nine play 75 yard drive. It took three minutes and 10 seconds. They kick off. We get the ball first and 10 on our 25. We run Gainwell to the left for six yards, which I'm not sure why we, have, we haven't been running him more often. 
uh, second and four on our 31. Gainwell to the left for three yards. Third and one on our 34. This time Mullins is in the gun, in the uh, game. He, he's in the shotgun, throws a pass to the left to Gainwell for four more yards. So three consecutive Gainwell plays. Brings up a first and 10 on our 38. Run Gainwell again, this time for eight yards off the left. Uh, second and, and two on our 46. Gainwell up the middle for two yards. Brings up a first and 10 on our 48. Gainwell on the left for two yards. Brings up second and eight at midfield on the 50. This time Mullins is under center. He drops back. Um, their linebacker Lange blitzes, which, you know, by in both games, both against Pittsburgh and New England, they, they blitz way more than we did. Again, maybe three times we blitzed. Um, I didn't count how many times they did, but I would say at least 10 or 15. So we have uh, linebacker Glangy blitzing and running right by Opeta, who had a couple of missed miss blocks. Gainwell does his best to block him out of nowhere, but he's able to get to him, unable to get to him in time. And Mullins is sacked back at our 43 for a seven yard loss on second and eight. Uh, horrible job by Opeta, who just lets uh, Lange run right past him untouched. Didn't even try and push him. So that uh, seven-yard loss brings up third and 15 on our 43. Mullins is back in the gun again. He drops back. Excellent protection. Hops around for a while, waiting for somebody to get open. Eventually, he gets some pressure at his feet. He stumbles, drops the ball, uh, puts his hand down to try and stop him from falling and drops the ball, right? He's able to recover the ball before he gets sacked, uh, but he does get sacked for a seven-yard loss. Horrible, horrible play by Mullins. Had plenty of time to get rid of the pass, to do something productive, uh, but he holds on to it for, for long enough to let their defense catch up uh, and, and makes just a, a very unathletic play, which was disappointing. Dropping the ball while he's running and then and then falling on it. Just, just a horrible play by Mullins, who, as a side note, I thought was going to be an excellent third stringer. Had some really good games with the 49ers, but, but not turning, <laughs> turning out to be a legitimate third stringer. Um, so that shitty nine yard fumble and, and sack, uh, brings it to fourth and 22 on our 36. So we punt Patriots get the ball first and 10 on their 30 with six minutes and 40 seconds left in the third quarter. Matt Jones throws a pass over the middle for, to Stevenson for eight yards, brings second and two on their own 38. Stevenson runs to the left for 11 yards, uh, first and 10 on their own 49. Stevenson runs, runs up the middle for five yards, second and five on our 46. Uh, Matt Jones, Mac Jones throws a pass short left to Zuber uh, for 12 yards, uh, brings up first and 10 on our 34. Um, they throw a toss sweep to Taylor. Uh, New England does a good job blocking all of our second and third string guys. So they get uh, 18 yards on that sweep. So big chunk plays after another uh, first and 10 on our 16. Mac Jones throws a pass over the middle to D to DE Ross, which is incomplete. Second and 10 on our 16. They run Taylor to the left for four yards. Uh, third and six on our 12. Uh, Mac Jones from the shotgun again throws a pass to Ozuski, short right, 11 yards. So that brings up first and goal from our one. Uh, Mac Jones throws an incomplete pass on the right to Asasi. Uh, brings up second and goal on our one. They run Stevenson up the middle for one yard, score a touchdown. This time, Norton makes the extra point. So that makes the score at 32 to nothing. That was a 10 yard, 70 play drive. It took four minutes and 28 seconds off the clock. Go, birds. Okay. They kick off. We get the ball first and 10 on our 25, two minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter. Uh, Mullins in the shotgun throws a pass to the left to Arthago Whiteside, incomplete. Brings up second and 10 on our 25. Uh, Mull uh, Mullins is in the shotgun, drops back. Um, Malua rushes late, able to run through our defensive line untouched, gets a clean shot on Mullins, sacks him for eight yard or an eight yard loss. 
that brings up third and 18 on our 17. Mullins is in the gun. He drops back. Uh, Winowich does another stunt. He starts on the left end, stunts up the middle. Herbick is pushing his man down the line. Winowich basically goes right behind him, untouched. Puts pressure on Mullins, who's able to get the pass off at the last minute to Jack Stahl. Jack Stahl catches it at the 17. Stahl makes the first guy miss. Excellent play by him. Uh, and barrels his way for seven more yards, getting hit <laughs> numerous times. Does an excellent job carrying the ball. Good job by Mullins getting the ball out under pressure. Good catch and run. Uh, again, our offensive line was confused by a crossing stunt or a pause and a, and a movement stunt. Um, that seven yard play brings up fourth and 11 on our 24. So we punt. So good play, a, a good play all around, just not good enough to get a first down. New England gets the ball first and 10 on their 30 with 27 seconds left in the, in the quarter. Uh, they run Taylor to the left for eight yards. Uh, but fortunately they are holding. Uh, so it's a 10 yard penalty enforced. Uh, but that runs out the, the third quarter End of the third quarter scores 32 to nothing. So we move into the fourth quarter after that penalty, it's first and 15 new England on their own 25. They run Taylor to the right for two yards, brings up second and 13 new England on their own 27. Uh, they run Taylor up the middle. He only gets three yards, uh, because Riley does an excellent job running through the hole. Elijah Riley, uh, from his safety position runs through the hole, hits Taylor behind the line. Can't quite made the tackle, but disrupts it enough that only, he only allows him to get three yards would have been a great tackle if he was able to do it behind the line. So again, how many times have I mentioned missed tackles right behind the line? Um, Great plays that could have been right. Uh, so hopefully, again, regular season starters are in there and they're making these plays versus uh, versus not. Okay, so that um, that three yard that three yard run brings third and ten uh, for New England on their own thirty. Hoyer throws uh, in the shotgun, throws a deep pass over to Wilkinson for twenty yards. We rush four again, no pressure. Wilkinson's wide open. What appears uh, it looks like we're in zone. Uh, the reason I say he's zoned because after he catches the ball, there's four Eagles surrounding him. So they must have all been in the area. Still a complete pass for 20 yards. So the Patriots have the ball first and 10 on midfield. Uh, they run Stevenson to the left for four yards. Uh, fortunately, they hold uh, that 10 yard penalty is enforced at the four, 49. So they get first and 19 on their own 41. They run Stevenson to the left for three yards. Brings up second and 16 on uh, New England as the ball on their own 44. Uh, uh, Hoyer's back. Hoyer's in the game now. Throws the ball deep middle over to Zuber. We bring five, but they actually pick it up. So this is one of the few times that we've rushed. Uh, Jaquan Bailey. Jaquan Bailey. I mentioned his name a couple of times last week. Had a couple of plays this week as well. Able to get around Haran and is a few inches away from from reaching Hoyer as he releases the ball. Uh, the ball ends up being high. Um, unfortunately, on this play, which we we did pretty well, uh, Lavert Hill, who we cut, uh, uh, commits defensive pass interference, and uh, there's a 15 yard penalty. It's an automatic first down as well, right? Would have been would have been third and one if it was just the yardage. So that brings up uh, New England as a first and 10 on our 41. They run Taylor to the left for four yards. Uh, second and six on our 37. Taylor to the left this time for 21 yards. Um, this is this happened. This play happened three times. I think they ran it once and we ended up running it twice. Essentially, it's misdirection, right? So the play starts to the right, and our whole defense, including safeties, uh, uh, Elijah Riley uh, and corner Seymour, uh, those are the guys of the emergency on, on the left-hand side of the field. They they crash down to the right, thinking that the play is going to stay right. Taylor cuts back to the left. Nobody's there because everybody crashed down, uh, and he's able to get 21 yards on that run. So that brings up a first and 10 on our 16. Uh, Brian Horsch throws a, a pass to the right to Wilkerson for 10 yards. Brings up first and goal on our six. They run Stevenson up the middle for two. Second and goal on our four. 
Stevenson this time to left end. We're able to stop him for two-yard loss. Uh, third and goal from our six. Uh, Hoyer's in the shotgun, throws a pass over the right. We rush four. Uh, we're unable to get any pressure. Uh, fortunately, Hoyer holds the ball, and Matt Leo in the meantime is able to get some get away and get some pressure on him because he's holding the ball so long. Hoyer scrambles to the right, ends up throwing it away. So this time it was actually excellent coverage um, and uh, excellent getting some pressure on Hoyer, causing an, a, a throwaway on third and goal from our six. So they're forced to kick a field goal. Uh, Norton kicks it. It's a 24-yarder, and it's good. That brings the score to 35 to nothing in favor of the Patriots. That was a 13-play, 64-yard drive. It took six minutes and 24 seconds off the clock. Uh, they kick off the ball. We get the ball first and 10 on our 25 with nine minutes and three seconds left in the game. Mullins in the shotgun, throws a short pass to Elijah Holyfield on the right for four yards, brings up second and four on our 29. Uh, Mullins in the shotgun again. This time they give it to Holy uh, to Holyfield from the left. This time he doesn't get any, any yards, no gain. Brings up third and six on our 29. Mullins uh, throws a pass to Fulgham. Um, on the left-hand side, uh, this time Murray runs an inside-out stunt. So he starts inside, loops outside, uh, runs, you know, rushes around and, and runs the outside. Has a free shot in Mullins, and uh, the pass is dropped incomplete because he's able to jump up and knock it down. Uh, so again, we we don't do a good job of picking up that stunt. Uh, so that means we are at fourth and six on our twenty-nine, and uh, we punt. In addition to the punt, Seymour uh, decides to commit a face mask penalty, which is fifteen yards. Um, so that means that New England gets the ball first and 10 on their own 46, 732 left in the, in the game. Uh, they run Taylor up the middle for 15 yards. We bring five, uh, but they, they block it all. Uh, they block well. And you know, anytime you rush, there's always a concern that if they get to the second level, there's a chance they get to the third level and they run for a touchdown because now there's less people back there. Um, got 15 yards. So they was able to get to the second level, but fortunately we were able to stop them at the third. So that brings up first and 10 on our 39. Um, Stevenson runs them up the middle for, uh, for eight yards. Uh, Raquan, Raquan Williams, who, uh, we haven't heard a lot of, hasn't made a lot of plays. I'm not sure he's going to make the team. Does an excellent job though in the tackle with, with his right hand hitting the ball, um, causing a fumble. So one of two turnovers that we were actually to get, right? Uh, great hit by him. Good job by Seymour who falls on it, just grabs the ball, doesn't try and run with it. Doesn't try and do anything fancy. Just jumps on it and retains possession. Um, one of the things that I noticed, this is one of the plays where they showed the tackle box because that's where all this stuff happened. What, a what, um, uh, what a horrible, uh, attempt by Sean Bradley to tackle the guy. Sean Bradley's a linebacker sheds his block. I mean, he tries, but really shitty attempt by, by Sean Bradley to try and tackle the, the runner, you know, kind of reaches out a little bit, but really, I, I mean, I feel like he, he, honestly, I don't feel like he, he really tried very hard. Real disappointing um, on on his uh, on his end for that play, but good news we recovered a fumble. There was a turnover, so we get the ball back. Six minutes and forty seven sec seconds left in the game. First and ten on our twenty one. Uh, Mullins in the shotgun throws a pass over the left hand side to Stall. Um, Tolth this time gets beats inside by Murray, who forces Mullins to scramble to his left. Mullins is able to still make a good throw to Stall, who's open. Eleven yard completion brings up first and ten on our thirty two. Mullins in the shotgun again, throws another pass this time to, again to Jack Stahl, but is incomplete. Brings up second and 10 on our 32. Uh, Holyfield writes to the right. Uh, this time he gets 13 yards. And this is basically the same play that, that happened against us. Um, he starts off to the left. Their defense this time crashes down. Um, in, instead of, this was actually intentional, however. 
Um, this time he uh, he is able to. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a play here. Second and ten on our 32. We run Holyfield to the right. He gets 13 yards. He starts to the left. They crash down. It opens up to the right hand side. He runs around the right. Gets 13 yards. First and ten on our 45. Same play. Holyfield again. Starts off to the left, defense crashes down, opens up the right-hand side of the field, he cuts back, runs 20 yards this time. He was able, this one was actually planned, and the reason I say that is because Mullins actually gets out there and provide, gets in the way. I wouldn't say he provides a block, but he gets in the way, extending this one. So the last one was 13, this one was 20 yards. So good run by Elijah Holyfield. <clears throat> um, first and 10 on New England's 35, Mullins throws a short pass to Holyfield this time, only for a yard, brings up second and nine on the New England 34. This time they run Holyfield to the right. Herbig gets beat inside by Spence, causes Holyfield to change direction. Uh, Kreider gets basically thrown down by, by Thurman, uh, and Thurman makes the tackle for a two-yard loss. Good news, Kreider did get cut. Uh, Herbig still, though, is a, is a main part of offensive line, so he has to really put more, get more of a consistent game together. So that two-yard loss brings up third and 11 on New England's 36. Mullins in the shotgun, throws to the right to Jack Stoll. We rush five. Uh, our offensive line does a good job of picking it up. Um, Stoll tries for a one-handed catch, but isn't able to bring down the, the ball, so that goes incomplete. So that brings up fourth and 11 uh, on New England's 36. Mullins in the gun. He drops back. New England brings five again. We pick up the rush again. Uh, Thurman runs a stunt, starts to the right side, uh, pushes Kreider and bounces to the left. Has a clear shot at Mullins, who can't get away fast enough, is sacked for a 12-yard loss. So another stunt, another more confusion on the offensive line, no way of blocking it. Something that we really, we, we was horrible at last year. We really need to practice uh, picking up stunts. Um, fortunately, though, there was defensive holding on that play, so we get a first and 10 on New England's 31. That's all that meant, really, really nothing, but important to note. Because again, something some, something that we consistently are doing poorly with is stunts when people decide to uh, start outside and go inside or vice versa. We're just we're just thrown off and can't pick it up. Uh, so that penalty uh, brings up first and 10. We have the ball in New England's 31. Mullins in the gun again. He drops back. New England brings four. They run a stunt and we actually pick it up this time. Mullins throws over the middle to Jack Stoll. He's covered pretty well. Um, I would say the based on the coverage, a low ball would have been would have been ideal. Uh, that way, the the corner would have to come over the top of of uh, of uh, Jack Stoll, who's a big guy. Instead, the ball is is thrown high. Um, Stoll still gets both of his hands on it. Should have caught it, um, but it goes through his hands. Of course, again, this goes up in the air. Um, there's a uh, I wouldn't say it's a fight for the interception. Um, in my opinion, uh, Colbert wanted it more than than Arnold. If you look back at the replay, they collide. Colbert grabs the ball in the collision. Arnold basically falls back on his ass and uh, kind of gives up. Uh, I, I wouldn't say give up, but basically was there too, wasn't there soon enough, didn't try hard enough, um, and gets beaten to the ball by Arnold. Uh, so Arnold, uh, I'm sorry, by, uh, by Colbert. So it's an interception. Um, so that, uh, again, Stoll should have caught the ball, shouldn't have been tipped in to begin with. Arnold should have tried harder to either prevent the interception or make the catch. Uh, a completion, but uh, neither of those things happened. So the interception gives the Patriots the ball first and 10 on their own 32 with three minutes and 18 seconds left in the game. They run Stevenson to the left for nine yards, second and one on their own 41 Stevenson up the middle for four yards, brings up a first down and they kneel to the end of the game. So game ends 35 to nothing. Uh, not the best outing that we've had. 
you know, I, I guess I would say that that uh, I get some solace on this game from the fact that we played barely any of our, any of our offensive and defensive linemen. Um, so while we struggled to protect our quarterbacks, things should improve with starters in there. And while we struggled to get any pressure on the the opposing quarterback, not only did we never run a blitz, uh, but we, again, were using a lot of our second string defensive linemen. So um, horrible game, but somewhat expected. Um, one thing to note, if you, again, if you haven't heard, uh, Her- Jalen Hurts came out during warmups, seemed like he was fine. They showed replays of him warming up and he's dancing around, acting like everything is okay. Um, however, he didn't come out. He actually didn't play. And they claimed that it was due to, well, they say it was due to a stomach infection. He went to the hospital for that stomach infection later that night. Um, I guess he was eventually he's okay. Uh, he was back at practice on Sunday with no restrictions. So I guess he got over that infection and everything is fine. <clears throat> Joe Flacco for the game was 10 for 17, which is a 58.8 completion percentage. Not good. Uh, you want to be in the, in the low to mid sixties is average. Uh, unless you're, unless you're Drew Breesy who retired, he was consistently in the seventies and, and has the record, uh, for completion percentage in a year. Um, so he threw 10 for 17, 83 yards, which is horrible was sacked once through an interception quarterback rating was 46.9, which is awful. You want that close to hundred uh, Mullins was even worse. Five for 10, which is 50%, uh, 27 yards sacked three times, lost 22 yards on those sacks intercepted once his quarterback rating was 16.7. Uh, Elijah Holyfield had four rushes for 31 yards, which is 7.8 average. Decent game by him. Admittedly, he didn't have any difficult runs. He basically just on two consecutive plays went left, cut right, went left, cut right, and there was a big wide opening. Um, He also had two targets, two receptions for five yards. Kenneth Gainwell, five rushes for 21 yards, more traditional running uh, up the middle and and things like that for a 4.2 average. He also had three targets, three receptions, and 23 yards. So pretty decent game by Gainwell with, with some limited time. Jack Stoll, top receiver, seven targets, four receptions for 33 yards, an 8.3 average. We were two for 10 on third down. Not good. Uh, we were 0 for 2 on fourth down. Not good. We were 0 for 1 in the red zone. Horrible, right? When you're in the red zone that close, you need to put up points. Now, again, um, we didn't kick any field goals. We would not have been blanked. We would not have been shut out had we had uh, um, Elliot there to kick. We would have made at least two or three probably. Um, we only had 163 total offensive yards versus New England's 486. We had 110 passing. Now, the net passing yards was 81 because you take out the sacks. We had 82 rushing yards. We had the ball 22 minutes and 56 seconds versus the Patriots 37 minutes and 4 seconds. Now, I remember I mentioned we sat most of our starting linemen on both sides, so people that didn't play at all. Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Andre Dillard, Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Javon Hargrave, and we sat our top corner, Darius Slay. Big, big difference, right, in in what a starting offensive line can do, what a starting defensive line can do. I mentioned we barely blitzed. I think we blitzed maybe, I saw three. Could have been a handful more, but not significantly more. Um, This brings, this loss brings our record to 0-2 in the preseason. And we also have the worst point differential in the NFL at minus 43. Now, uh, again, I I don't think much of this means anything because um, we barely are planning it of our starters. Really, if it means anything, it means that our second and third stringers aren't that good compared to other uh, the Patriots and, and the Steelers second and third stringers. Um, but to give you some, some, maybe to make you feel a little bit better, both the Seahawks and Falcons have a point differential of negative 40. And if I remember correctly, the Seahawks only have 10 points scored 
Uh, I think we have like 15 or whatever we got last game. Um, so at least we're not the lowest scoring team. And at least we're not too far off from two other pretty successful, historically successful teams uh, in the NFL. Um, also, we're zero and two in the preseason, which is only one game away from who would be in first place. Washington, they're one and one. The Giants are 0 and two. The Cowgirls are 0 and three. And in fact, the NFC is five and 28 in the preseason. How the AFC is pulling this off, I don't know. I, I didn't sit down to see if the AFC is doing anything strategically different. Uh, but the AFC is then 28 and five in the preseason, significantly different than the NFC. And again, I have not, I didn't do any research to find out if there's been, if the AFC has been playing their starters more often, um, which really would be the main explanation, but I, I don't know. Um, now, as a reminder, there is absolutely no documented correlation between preseason records and regular season records. So don't let the 0-2, the point differential, any of that stuff get you down. There's no correlation. And in fact, in this new three preseason uh, season, right, <laughs> uh, people have been playing their starters even less than they did when there was a four-game preseason season. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to some Eagles news. Uh, the Eagles have been uh, in joint practices with the Jets. Um, they were in that yesterday and today. Uh, good news coming out of it about Hertz, not as positive as it had been against the Patriots and in training camp. Um, but he's been making some really good throws. He did miss a few. Apparently he, the one knock that they've been hearing that I've been hearing about Jalen Hurts is that he's been holding onto the ball too long. Knock on wood that he's doing that on purpose because it's a uh, training camp, uh, in, in intentionally letting the receivers get open, but, and something he does not carry into the regular season. Cause that could cause sacks, uh, uh forced throws, blah, blah, blah. We don't want that. Um, he did take two sacks in team drills yesterday against the Jets. Two sacks doesn't really mean it was two. It means it was at least two. Could have been more because, remember, quarterbacks are still technically off limits even in these joint practices. They're not going to hit them very hard. Um, I've heard rumors or heard stories about almost every receiver on the team making good plays. Fulgham was apparently had, apparently had the best practice against the Jets yesterday. Watkins had the best catch against the Jets, uh, a, a one-handed uh, leaping catch. He landed on his back and is, is okay. Rager had some good contested catches. Hightower um, at one point was wide open, had a touchdown if the pass was slightly uh, placed slightly better. And Devonta Smith has been apparently creating significant separation with his excellent route running. So positive news about the weakest part of our team. Um, I've heard that the Eagles defense has done very well against the Jets offense. The consensus is basically that, uh, not including today, because I don't have news about today or, or as detailed news, but in the three joint practices, two with the with the Patriots, one with the Jets, we've been the better team. So three out of three joint practices, the Eagles have been, quote unquote, the better team. The intensity of today's practice, according to Jeff McClain, was pretty high. Uh, and he suggests that, uh, and it makes sense, because if, especially if you look at the history of this, this year so far in preseason, how little the starters have been playing, uh, he He's assuming, and, and again, makes sense that maybe the starters won't play very much against the uh, Jets on Friday night, um, if at all. Uh, some real quick news about COVID. I hate talking about it, but let's brush over it real quick. Um, back on, the on June 20th, all teams uh, had announced they would be at full capacity. There's been some changes. They're still all at full capacity, to my knowledge. Um, but now some places are requiring um, face masks, including the link. You have to wear a face mask when you're indoors. Um, the Raiders are the first and only NFL team to require um, vaccinations for anybody to enter their stadium. I don't believe the article that I wrote, read said that it was vaccines or anything. So according to the article I read, the, uh, the Raiders in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium are requiring you to be vaccinated, or vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated to attend their games. Uh, 
The Saints are requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within 72 hours of game time. And they are requiring masks, uh, except for when you're eating or drinking. Those are the only two stadiums that I'm aware of that are requiring uh, negative tests and or vaccination. Um, but I think most stadiums are requiring uh, masks on indoor. Um, just as a reminder, oh, let's go over this real quick. Uh, according to Howie Roseman, a few weeks ago, the Eagles are over 90%, both staff and roster are over 90% vaccination for one, for one, uh, uh, one shot. The Washington post is reporting that 92.7, why they didn't round. I don't know. 92.7% of NFL players have a, had at least one shot. Uh, there's only four teams that are below 89% and the Falcons are the first and I believe only team to be at hundred percent. Now, just as a side note, I want to give you guys some a little heads up on the vaccine uh, and what they do, just so you aren't surprised when you hear people getting the, the the virus anyway. So vaccines are not, excuse me, vaccines are not meant to completely prevent you from getting COVID. Vaccines, just like the flu shot and other similar virus vaccines, only are create are only meant to strengthen your immune system against that specific virus. So uh, it's new technology. Whether no matter what you hear, M uh, M was it memory RNA. Uh, vaccines are brand new. Um, they've never been, uh, they've never had mass human trials on these mRNA vaccines. Um, they claim they're safe, uh, but they've never, they've never tested them technically until, until they've started giving them out right to us. Um, but the whole goal of them is the same as the goal of the flu shot, which was, it was different, right? Uh, vaccines were invented by putting a small piece of the virus in your body. Uh, one that can't give you the, the full virus, right? It introduces a small piece, a dead piece or whatever of the virus. Your immune system recognizes that as a foreign virus. It attacks it. And just like any other muscle in your body, not that the immune system is a muscle, but just like any, but like any muscle in your body, once it attacks that, it's now stronger so that if you actually get the flu virus, you fight it off. Same thing with the COVID vaccines. It does it in a different way. It doesn't give you a small piece of COVID. Um, it gives you a, um, a, 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 a mRNA, which spikes your pro, which is some sort of spike and does the same thing. So all these vaccines are doing is giving you a stronger immune response. So it doesn't mean you're not going to get it. It doesn't mean you can't get it and pass it. It doesn't mean that you, uh, nothing changes. You still can get it. You can still pass it. You can still get sick from it. Um, what changes is that your immune system should be stronger to fight it off. Um, so that's why if you hear, oh, he got, the, he got COVID, but he was vaccinated. It, it, vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID. It just gives you a stronger immune system or immune response. So what that means is you can still get it, but odds are your symptoms will be less. And that's been, uh, it, you know, you've seen that when when uh, uh, people say that, you know, 90% of, of hospitalizations are unvaccinated because their immune systems aren't strong enough to fight it off. Uh, the people that got the vaccine, their immune systems are stronger. Um, so I just wanted to share that just so you're not surprised. Uh, I, I forget the team, but there was a team recently that experienced a breakout of, of, of uh, COVID and you're wondering how the hell is that possible? Like the majority of them or all of them are vaccinated because again, um, vaccination doesn't prevent you from getting it. Um, it just builds your immunity stronger so that when you do get it, you're not as severely, you, you know, you're not, you don't have such severe symptoms and, and avoid hospitalization. Okay. Um, so that's that bullshit about COVID. Uh, uh, let's, let's move on. Um, so let's get some injury updates, right? Uh, Rodney McLeod and Landon Dickerson still on the active pup list for McLeod, uh, recovering from an ACL tear. And from the non-fimple injury list, Dickerson from a college injury, his uh, ACL surgery. Um, both of them are expected. Well, I don't know about Dickerson, but McLeod is saying he's he plans on being ready for week one. It's important, though, that they are uh, what their status is on September 1st. Um, if they're still on the active roster on September 1st, 
they can come back, uh, uh, I believe, at any time. If they're not, um, they, I don't believe they can come back. So we got to make sure they're on the roster on September 1st. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, surgery on his thumb. Uh, he'll be back for regular season. He's a seasoned vet. He doesn't really need training camp and practice and, and uh, preseason. So uh, he'll definitely be back by regular season. Jake Elliott day to day with a non-serious ankle injury. So he'll be back for regular season two. Jason Huntley running back is day to day with an injury to his ribs. Uh, Isaac Sayamalu offensive lineman week to week with a hamstring injury. Uh, linebacker Davion Taylor week to week with a calf injury. Left tackle Andre Dillard week to week with a knee sprain although he did participate limited in practice on Monday. One other thing I read is that even though Dillard is injured, it doesn't mean that, um, that uh, Malata is automatically the starter. Um, that, that position is still up for grabs. And, uh, and we'll find out who starts on, uh, on September 12th. Uh, safety Kayvon Wallace, week to week with a groin injury. Linebacker Jacoby Stevens, our draft pick, week to week with a hamstring. Defensive end Derek Barnett, day to day with a shoulder injury. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, day-to-day with a groin. Defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, day-to-day with an ankle. Uh, Jannard Avery, uh, day-to-day with a groin injury after that good good performance in the, against the, uh, well, one good play against the Patriots. Linebacker Sean Bradley, day-to-day with a groin. Uh, Tyree Jackson, the quarterback we turned tight end, has a fractured bone in his back. Uh, he's out 10 to 8 to 10 weeks. Quick update on Carson Wentz. He returned to practice on Monday. He didn't participate in 11-on-11s, but did participate on the 7-on-7 snaps. Um, I saw him in a, in a quick warm-up. He was cutting both left and right on both ankles. So he looks like he, he will likely be back for week one. Um, just as a reminder, we need him to play 75 total snaps. Again, based on assuming that every game has the same amount of snaps in it, that's 12 games and three quarters of a game. Um, or he needs to play 70 snaps, 70% of the snaps, and the Colts need to make the playoffs. That's about 11.9, so, so 12 games. Again, assuming that the snaps are equal. And actually, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what would affect the snap count, right? I don't know if it would be higher or lower without him. You'd run more. Maybe it'd be lower because you'd, you'd draw the time down. Who knows? Um, but basically, um, it sounds like he's going to be good for week one. It sounds like he's going to start week one. So we shouldn't, we're hopeful that he continues to, to stay healthy and, um, at least play 75% of the snaps this year. So that second draft pick turns into a first round draft pick and we have three first round draft picks. I don't know if that's ever happened. I got to research, research that, uh, but it would be amazing. Okay. We made a couple of roster moves. We signed tight end carry Angeline after a couple of ours have been injured. He's six, six, two fifty. Signed as an undrafted free agent by the Cardinals this year. Uh, then he was waived. Played three years at North Carolina State. In those three years, he had 61 receptions for 960 yards, which is a 15.7 average per, per reception, and he had 12 touchdowns. In 2020, he was tied for fifth among all tight ends in, in NCAA with six touchdown receptions. So not bad. And at 6'6", 250, big guy, which we need. We need a big guy on our team. Uh, we put, uh, we put tight end Jason Kroom on injured reserve. Just as a reminder, injured reserve is a little different this time. Um, he has to be on for a minimum of three weeks instead of six. Um, and he has to return to practice within 21 days. He has to be put on the active roster. Um, if he's on injured reserve, he does not count towards the 53 man roster. However, he had to have been on the 53 man roster as of September 1st to be eligible to go on to IR and return. Um, in the past, you could only have two. Uh, players return from injured reserve um, and they must have missed a minimum of eight games Uh, because of COVID last year, they changed it to a minimum of three weeks and there's no limit. So there's an unlimited amount of players that can go on IR and come back. 
uh, and they carried those changes over to the season. Um, I, re- I mentioned that, uh, so, so yesterday by 4 p.m., after the end of the first week of preseason, teams had to cut from 85 players to 80. We waived Joe Ostman with an injury designation. That was one guy. Um, we also waived uh, undrafted free agent wide receiver Jermon Osborne, who played four snaps this preseason. We waived uh, wide receiver slash tight end Hakeem Butler, uh, undrafted free agent center Harry Kreider, and corner Lavert Hill. Both of those two had pretty shitty games against uh, the Patriots. As a reminder, just to keep this in your mind, to keep, keep an eye out for news, which I haven't heard any of, a while back, we I'd say a few weeks now, not that too long ago, uh, we converted 8.49 million of Lane Johnson's base salary and nine over nine million of Derek Barnett's base salary to signing bonuses. We had four voidable years to Derek Barnett's contract. What that means is those signing bonuses now are averaged over the next five years versus a current year hit, which means we created 14 million dollars in additional cap space this year, uh, which is concern not concerning but interesting because in the past we said Howie Roseman said. We do not need to renegotiate Lane Johnson because we didn't need the room. So what do we need the room for? That's what I'm throwing out there. I pray that it's not for Deshaun Watson because I think this late in preseason, it would be very disruptive. I'd prefer giving uh, Jalen Hurts a shot um, and then stocking up on draft picks if in case that doesn't work. Um, a little bit of NFL news and then, we'll, and then we'll head out here. Um, oh, I mentioned this already. The same 2020 roster changes in reference to in, uh, injured reserve is going to be carried over uh, this year. Um, we're also allowed to have a 16 man practice squad instead of 14, and you can call up one or more players as late as 90 minutes before kickoff. Uh, typically you had to call them up earlier than that. Uh, one little thing, you know, I don't know if this is really worthy of me talking about, but, but I'm going to throw it out there only because it may suggest, uh, the NFL moving to different, more stringent COVID protocols. And that is that, uh, the NFL is requiring only or allowing only vaccinated personnel, uh, with a max of 50 of those people. Uh, they're only allowing those to have access to locker rooms while the players are present on game days. So, if you're an inf- if you're if you're a locker room reporter or or whatever, um, you must be fully vaccinated to go in. Okay, uh, that is the end of our show. Do me a favor, check out all of Philly Sports Alliance's shows. Um, we have a full lineup. I'm sorry, Instagram, you can't see this, but you can listen. Uh, Mondays we have the Football Smack Talk Show with Ryan Reese and Eric Ward. All football uh, emphasis on the Eagles, but they talk about everybody. Monday at 7.30, the Diamond Club podcast featuring John Hunter, Chris Lahiff, and Danny Hart. That's an all-Phillies podcast. Tuesday at 6.30 is the Philly Broadcast featuring Ryan Reese and Ryan Finneran. That's a four-sport um, all-Philadelphia um, uh, podcast. Wednesdays at 6, you're glued to whatever social media platform you prefer, YouTube, Twitch, um, uh, Facebook, or Instagram, watching the Bald Eagle podcast at 6 p.m. Um, Wednesday after the Bald Eagle podcast, 8 p.m. is Mixed Sports, an all-football show with Eric Ward and Jay Landry. Landry. Uh, Thursday at 5.30, Tendies on Patterson featuring Paul Bacho, Jack Griffin, and Chris Lahiff. That's a Flyers podcast. And last but not least, Thursdays at 7, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, a wrestling podcast. Thursdays at 7 featuring Eric Ward and Joe Barry. All right. Do me a favor. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go to the uh, YouTube. Type in The Bald Eagle Podcast and find me on there. Like me. Uh, and uh, and follow everything you can. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Go Birds.